Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Faith, Tech, and Space podcast. I'm your host, Rich Hay from WindowsObserver.com. Good to be back with you on this well-overdue episode of Faith, Tech, and Space. Um, my apologies. It just It's, it's going to be disruptive like this. I've mentioned this before, and, and I, I struggle with the balance. Um, luckily, though, I've got about a five-week period here where I have no classes, uh, no homework or no papers and no studying stuff and reading and things of that nature. So I'm going to, and here's the big promise, I'm going to attempt to pull off a new episode once a week during this time frame that will allow me to kind of, uh, you know, get into a shorter format of shows for you. But I got a lot of news to talk about, of course, since the last time that we had a, a, an episode, episode 11 was came out towards the end of June and we're in the first week of August now, granted just a couple days into it. Um, and this is... Is Sunday the 2nd of August when I'm recording this. It's about 1230 in the afternoon on the East Coast. And as I just tweeted, I want to get this recorded because I also want to tune in and pay attention to the return of SpaceX Dragon's Crew Dragon, the one that's called Endeavor now, that launched astronaut um, Doug Hurley and Bob Binken into space about two months ago from Cape Canaveral for the first U.S. astronaut launch from U.S. soil on a U.S. rocket. So I want to tune in and watch that splashdown. Historic stuff going on. Historic stuff going on. But I want to start off by looking and opening things up and talking about a couple items. First off, um, back in early July, I wrote a, actually it's been almost a month now, I wrote a piece called Windows 10 is Running Great. It seemed like there was all this focus and stories about how poorly Windows 10 was doing, how poorly the May 2020 update was, and how many systems were blocked from receiving it to avoid having negative con- uh issues for people and all of those are kind of the 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 uh, what do you call it the all of those are the 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 nature of the beast right it you're going to have problems i've talked about the vast variety of machines that are out there and so you're going to have challenges when it comes to software and everything's not going to be solved uh, before an update is released now when you look at it and you go well why are the surface hardware that's microsoft's hardware blocked well, that's a good question. It's a good question I don't know we'll ever get an answer to. But yeah, you're right. In-house hardware should never be not compatible with the newest release of Windows 10. So there's things that's got to be worked on. And I will say this. Panos Pane has only had the reins for a few months now. Um, this is the first feature update that has been released under his leadership. But I think it takes time to instill the changes that need to be made. So I still have hopes and we're going to talk about a couple of the items later on that might be starting that trend that we're starting to see where Panos is going to take the organization when it comes to Windows, Windows feature updates and development timelines and stuff like that. So for me, Windows 10 is running great. I know for many of you, Windows 10 is running great. I also know that many of you have problems with the Windows 10. I just recently completely reinstalled Windows 10 on my main desktop because I it had been about six or seven, eight months, I guess. And I just I was having a series of those little issues that happen. They happen all the time with computers. Uh, and I just decided the time was now to do that. Um, turns out, now that I've got the reinstall done, I'm still having a couple of those problems indicator of that I've got hardware failure. And when I looked at my system, my motherboard and CPU are about six, seven years old. So failure is not a surprise. Heat is a, 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 a great enemy of computer soft, uh, computer hardware. So I have a new motherboard, new new CPU on the way. I will recycle my 32 gigs of RAM, my two solid state drives, and my video card. And we'll see how that does and how that repairs things. I've also ordered a new case because of the new airflow options that you have in new cases. 
and especially the new ones that let you store your power supply down in the bottom. Um, so it t- takes that center of gravity from up at the top and moves it down low. Um, but just also airflow. Uh, the case I ordered is has 320 millimeter fans installed up front, one at the back for exhaust. You can add a, a four, another one at the top to help with the exhaust and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to getting this gear. I haven't built on a PC in a long time. I've done some incremental upgrades, CPU or uh, memory and hard drives and things like that. But I'm really looking forward to doing a build. I haven't done a build in a long, long time. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is Game Pass, all right? Game Pass for PC, Game Pass for Xbox, Game Pass for console, Game Pass Ultimate, whatever you want to call it. In fact, this week we saw some tweets that it looks like they are changing the marketing name for that to simply Game Pass. Won't be Game Pass Ultimate for PC, won't be Game Pass Ultimate or Game Pass for console. It'll just be Game Pass. So I think they're about to consolidate all of those elements into one package. It's still going to probably be the same thing, right? Access to a library of over 100 games uh, available for both your console and your PC under one subscription. And of course, uh, we'll talk a little bit later about the rumors around Xbox Live Gold. But Game Pass is such a bargain, right? Uh, Game Pass uh, costs $9.99 a month, and it gives you access to over 100 games. And it's just it's a it's a just an excellent deal when you think about the fact that. AAA games go for $60 right now, potentially shuffling up to $70 when the new consoles come out later this year. So for that kind of money, that's a really good deal, right? It's about $120, the equivalent of two AAA games right now, and you've got access to over 100 and many of them AAA games as well. So if if you can adjust and change your uh, gaming habits, like me for Madden or, or for the golf game, and wait for those, you'll get access to them through the different channels. So Game Pass, a real bargain to be looking at. Plus, it comes incorporated with Xbox Live Gold. That's why the rumors are out there that it looks like changes are coming for Xbox Live Gold, especially when they announced that Halo Infinite multiplayer will be free for all. used to be you had to have a Gold subscription or an Xbox Live subscription um, in order to go multiplayer. That's changing with Halo Infinite, which is adding to the rumors and speculation around is, is Xbox Live Gold um, going to be fully incorporated in Game Pass, and that will be the way to get access to things we don't know yet, but we'll find out soon. Um, okay, so that's kind of where we're at. Windows 10 is running great. Game Pass is a great bargain. Let's move into the faith part of things. So it's a really good time. I mentioned at the start of the show, um, we are. I have reached a point where I have turned in my final paper on St. Augustine. That happened a couple weeks ago. I mentioned in the last class or last podcast that I was working on that final paper. That was an eight to ten uh, page paper on St. Augustine, his life, his ministry, his theology with an open conclusion about how we can bring his teachings into the modern day church and help people learn more about that and the things he teaches on. So uh, I I had my spiritual direction this past week, which I go to once a month. That's where I sit with a priest um, under um, under the auspices of the confessional because everything we say together is called internal forum, right? It's just between he and I. Uh, it doesn't get reported out or anything like that because it's for my spiritual development. Uh, along this path of discernment and formation towards the permanent diaconate, um, we also have to be spiritually formed and, and, and gain guidance, and he gives me that guidance and stuff. Well, he also happens to be the professor who taught us the patristics class, and I was able to get feedback on my paper that I passed. 
I, I think I had a 9.5 or 6 out of 10, so I'm very, very happy that that's done. Um, the other thing we closed out this week is our final uh, online scripture class. We've been studying John over the last few weeks, and I turned in my last assignments for that, and discussion board questions and answers all already done, so I'm done with that. And so we'll be getting our final grades for that in about a week or so. So both classes all done. No classes pending, no, nothing on the schedule class-wise. We don't return to classes locally until sometime in September. Of course, with COVID and all that kind of stuff, we still don't know if those will be in-person classes or online classes. Uh, we finished up our last few online classes at the end of last year via Zoom, so I, we may still be doing that same thing coming up in the new, in the new academic year. And then uh, we'll also have a new online class. We're, we're going to be studying... Um, uh, uh, theology, uh, uh, not sacramental theology, but um, theology of, um, uh, of uh, oh my goodness, man, I'm drawing a blank. Hang on just a minute. Okay, I had to go look it up. Fundamental theology, right? So this is no longer philosophy to understand theology. This is fundamental theology, which is around the fun the theology of the Catholic Church. So that will be our next 12-week class, and that starts in mid to late September. So I've got a period of time here of about four, five or six weeks with no class obligations. As I mentioned at the top, that I'm going to attempt to turn that into doing a weekly podcast recording during this time, taking advantage of this opportunity. And then we'll get back to the whatever schedule plays out with the classes and stuff like that. Uh, next month, we were scheduled, or actually now it's this month. Gosh, we're in August. Um, n- we were supposed to be having a four-day annual retreat, myself and my fellow cohort, uh, the other six gentlemen that are in formation, and uh, our wives. We were supposed to be having a an annual retreat out at the retreat center here in Jacksonville that is uh, uh, called Marywood. But unfortunately, due to COVID and other circumstances, we are that is now going to be a one-day retreat or day of reflection. Uh, and it's still going to be in person. We're still going to do it out there at Marywood, but it's uh, going to be much smaller scale. And so we have that coming up. That is scheduled for the 21st of August. That will be all day on Friday, the 21st of August. And then prior to that, so, so next this coming Saturday, which will be the 8th of August, I am going to be making a trip to St. Augustine to the Shrine of Our Lady of La Leche. They have a a store there, um, a religious supply and and store like that. And my deacon mentor is going to take me down to buy my first alb. Now, I've mentioned this before. An alb is the white um, uh, garment that is worn beneath the vestments of a... uh, ordained deacon or priest. There are also alps are also worn by altar servers, which are, are lay, lay ch- kids that are trained and they serve on the altar. Uh, also worn by what, what are called acolytes, instituted acolytes. Um, that is one of the things that will happen in our second year of formation will be instituted as lectors, which is for proclaiming the word, and then will be instituted as acolytes for service on the altar to assist the priest and deacon on the altar. Uh, it, it's a way for us to be able to gain more experience on the altar leading up to our ordination as deacons where we will serve on the altar as well. So got to have an alb because in September we have a rite of candidacy mass. So this first year we've been considered aspirants. So uh, probationary, probation might be, probationary candidate, candidates might be an equivalency. It's not, but it is, right? So it's, you're on probation kind of. This first year you're studying still and learning things you need to be learning. 
um, but you're kind of being being evaluated uh, throughout your academics, uh, spiritual formation, which I again my spiritual director doesn't talk about, but you know I do have a deacon who mentors me who had to give a report on my formation and how that has gone for us the last year of meeting once a month for a couple hours. So all of those elements will be uh, considered at our um, vocations board interview, which is the week after our uh, day of reflection, which is scheduled for the 29th of August. We're actually doing that online. So my wife and I will be on Zoom and we will, the other board members will uh, be present on Zoom as well to do that interview uh, we will be required to send the bishop handwritten letters about continuing formation. My wife has to grant permission once again for me to continue formation. Uh, that is something she has had to grant all the way since we applied for uh, this process and for formation. So we have that coming up in August. We have the right of candidacy mass, which is what I need the all for, uh, in September on September 19th specifically, and that is a Mass with the bishop down in, at the Shrine Church in St. Augustine, Florida, and uh, that is when we'll be presented as candidates for holy orders, uh, which ordination to the diaconate is a holy order. And, um, and then we will continue with our studies into year two and, and continuing to learn. This year we'll, we should be doing homiletics, which is to learn about uh, doing a homily. Uh, many churches call it preaching. Uh, but we'd call it a homily, and um, so we'll learn about that. We have other things that will be learned about uh, the altar and service at the altar and things like that, plus continued formation both spiritually, academically, and practically. So it is uh, nice to have a little break here, but we'll be getting back to it before too long. Uh, And we're already, uh, God willing, inside of two years to our ordination, which will be in June of 2022. So um, time is moving by very quickly, it seems. Um, so, so a lot of anticipation, but a lot of effort and focus as well. So uh, I ask for your continued prayers for myself and for my fellow cohorts, the six other men that are in formation with me as we continue this journey. Okay, and one news story I got linked here for you, uh, it kind of has to do with what's going on in the world right now, and this is from the Jesuit Post. It's a really cool uh, website uh, manned and staffed by Jesuit priests, and they share their insight in, in all kinds of subjects, always bringing faith into, into bear on it, spe- specifically the Catholic faith because Jesuits are Catholic. But it's the title of this story is Too Much News and Reconsidering Our Relationship with the Media. And I've mentioned doom scrolling a couple times. So this is kind of about that, but it's about not getting too wrapped up around the news and around the media and things. Because 2020 has just been a challenging year, to say the least, with everything that's going on. So you have to take care of your mental health. You have to take care of your physical health. You have to have your space and time to recharge, reflect, and all of that. So this is really a good read. Even if you're not Catholic, okay, this is a good read about striking a balance between what news you consume and what you do to help take care of yourself as well. So I highly recommend it for reading. Okay, let's jump into the tech stuff, right? We're going to start right off with Windows Insiders. And when you go five weeks without an episode, you have a ton of releases going on, right? So I've got uh, four dev releases. We started off with 2161, 2170, 2175, and latest is 2180. That was last week. Twenty. When I say 21, I mean 20180, 20175, 20170, 20161. So those are all dev builds. Now, what is really cool 
is that we've seen some new features come out in these things, right, around um, a cleaner UI and things of that nature, more features for Microsoft Edge for multitasking and seeing all your open tabs rather than just one big one tab and alt tab for your browser being open, even if you have multiple tabs. Um, so there's been some really nice changes. They did run into a hiccup, right? 20175 had some challenges for folks on AMD systems. So you should now, there's been two builds um, uh, made available. They, uh, it was 20170 that had the problem for AMD chips and was blocked. Um, but that got fixed, got sorted. Now everybody should, if you're in dev channel, you should be on 20180, okay? Because any builds 20161 and before, I think I mentioned this last show, we knew that they were expiring on 31st of July. So if you haven't upgraded, you'll know because if you turn on those devices, you're going to get a warning about that build being uh, expired and you're going to get cautioned about it, reminded about it until you fix it. And the fix is to upgrade to 20180, the latest release in the dev channel. Now on the beta channel, uh, we've had two releases over the course of the last five weeks. The first one was 19042.421. And then 19042.423, we just got this past week. What's cool about 421 is um, we actually saw features that are in the dev channel, like the cleaner start menu UI, so the comment, the 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 fixed, all you can make all the tiles the same color and clean up that that appearance. Some of the edge features, all of that is now available in beta. Now that now that now brings features out of dev where they get tested at, and then it got moved into a specific build that Microsoft says is an update, and that's 20H2. So it's pretty cool. So beta is a pretty safe channel to be in if you want to try this stuff out, because those releases are tested by Microsoft, whereas the dev channel stuff, it tends to just be the new builds, and they come out, and you deal with them. But the beta channel, really nice updates there, and it's great to see features out of dev coming into beta. That is a big deal, because that is what Microsoft has been saying was going to happen here anyway. So it's good to see. On the release preview side, we're sitting at build 19041.388. Um, that is, so basically that is release preview for what's coming up for uh, uh, cumulative updates for the current production build of Windows 10, which is version 2004. So if you're all up to date there, you've got all the dates here, you can know where you stand. Uh, I'm running all three of those on their own devices. And then on my main desktop, I'm just sticking with production right now. All right, so since we talked, the Windows Insider channels have gone live. So I've got a, a, a look at those. I, there's some really good content around the Insider channels and a closer look at them, an introduction to them. So if you want to fully understand what they stand for, what to expect in them, then you want to go read up on those. Uh, Windows 10 version 2.2004 is rolling out to more users with older versions of the operating system of Windows 10. So this rollout continues. There's great portals to go look and see what's working and what's not and who it's rolling out to and when they work on that uh, rollout and stuff like that. But I think they've really well established the fact that when it becomes available for your system, it's not just going to automatically download because you check for updates. It's going to prompt you, hey, it's available. And some, in some cases, it's going to show you it's not available. It uh, doesn't tell you why, which is a bit of a challenge sometimes, but you'll certainly be well aware that it's there and your choice to download and install, not Microsoft's. Microsoft won't make that decision until you get closer to the end of support. So that means 18 months for a spring update and 30 months for a fall update. What else we got going on? There's some talk out there about Windows 10X. 
launching as a web-first OS without local Win32 app support. Very interesting to see where 10x is going to go. We know it's changed. It's not coming out on Surface Neo. That's been delayed sometime next year potentially. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where 10x goes and when we'll get a shot at looking at it and how that will work. A lot of discussion around that being a competitor for Chrome, for instance, or iPad and things like that. Um, Microsoft might be moving to a once a year update for Windows 10. The reason for this discussion is that one of those updates, the spring update, according to Zach Bowden over at Windows Central, will be for Windows 10X. And the fall update will be for Windows 10, which gives enterprises still that 30-month window of support. The spring update would be a shorter window, a year and a half, 18 months. Um, I also, let's see, and then here's a good story from Mary Jo Foley about what she labels it an Azure-powered cloud PC service. Um, and then I've got an update on all the Windows Insider Channel updates and features for July that I wrote last month. That's a piece I'm going to do each month because it's a great way to bring all the updates together into one place. And then uh, the, the Windows developer team has created a new repo on GitHub for developers to go check out things and to, and to provide feedback that they're seeing from a developer perspective on Windows 10. It's not a replacement for Feedback Hub. It's a place to put extra information when it relates to developing for the platform. Okay, Edge Insiders. Let's talk about the browser for a while. On Edge Canary, we're still up in version 86 now. Uh, the build is 594. On Edge Dev, that has now joined version 86. The build number is 587. And then in Edge Beta, we're in version 84, just like in Edge Stable version 84. Uh, Edge Beta is on build 564.18, and Edge Stable is back at 522.5. So um, there's, there's new information about upgrading to Microsoft Edge through Windows Update that has been expanded. So more and more devices are being served up the opportunity to install Edge and the new Edge based on Chromium and replace Legacy Edge. Uh, got a What's New from July for Edge. Uh, they did an update for Microsoft Aspire, which happened last month, so you can go check that out. Uh, collections has now broadly rolled out. It's now available and stable, and so you can check out what uh, collections are about. It really is a great way to put together pages and stuff to be able to, when you're working on a project or doing research. I've used it for multiple papers, including that St. Augustine paper I wrote. I used collections to pull together all the resources I found that I wanted to look at, review, and potentially use as sources in my paper. Uh, multitasking improvements I mentioned previously for Windows 10 and Microsoft Edge got a specific story about that. Reducing distractions with quiet notification requests from browser notifications. Got a blog post on that. Uh, and then we've got the whole thing, a couple of different sites uh, complaining about the fact that Microsoft Edge is being offered as an update through Windows Update for Legacy Edge to upgrade people to a new version of the browser. And so, of course, this is getting front page headline news, uh, force feeding Edge to Windows users with a spyware-like install. Uh, uh, Microsoft's plucky new Edge browser move is angering some Windows users. I, I really don't get it. You know, this is an upgrade for the old legacy version of Edge. And it's being offered as an update, just like a feature update to Microsoft to Windows 10. I do not get the the attitude of people labeling it like spyware, or or you know, I, it just makes no sense. Okay, it, when things get upgraded and get offered, you get offered it. If you're in Chrome and a new version comes out, what happens? You get offered the update. Hello, that's the way the system works. It just freaks me out that people specifically 
single out Microsoft when they do this kind of stuff uh, as if it's the most horrible thing in the world. But yet Apple or Google or somebody else does it and it just doesn't, rend- it doesn't render the same headlines. It's frustrating. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, yeah, a little frustration about a fact that in Dev Channel, they have shifted some of the system property stuff from the control panel into settings to give you more flexibility. Because look, here's the reality. We've been talking about this for five years. Eventually, the control panel, once that functionality is correlated over to the settings app, the control panel is going to get shut down. Uh, there may be still some legacy stuff there. But uh, believe me, when that functionality of moved to settings, that's the norm. That's going to happen. So as it gets moved, it's not like it's being taken away. It's just being stuck in a new place and, give, and, and enhanced or improved to make it more efficient. So that's what's going on there. People are complaining about the system properties. Uh, one thing Edge did do in the last couple of weeks was they, inter- is they announced an enterprise roadmap and release schedule for the upcoming uh, updates to Edge. So you can, you can look at that. There's a specific Microsoft doc that talks about Edge release schedule. So you can, because here's, this is for enterprise, but it will give you an idea about when things are going to come out for consumer as well. On the Microsoft front, lots of news going on in, in the last week, um, four or five weeks. Most recently, the whole TikTok thing, right, that, that surfaced on Friday that Microsoft might be buying U.S. TikTok operations, and then it got put on hold, and who knows where everything's at with that. Maybe we learn this week what's going on. But in other news related to Microsoft, Slack filed antitrust complaint in Europe against Microsoft. Yes, this is the same company whose CEO just a couple weeks earlier said, no, they're not our competition. This is the same CEO who four years ago when Microsoft Teams was unveiled, took out a full page ad in one of the New York newspapers and said, welcome to the, welcome to the world. Welcome to, uh, we look forward to the competition. And now suddenly Slack thinks that Microsoft is being unfair. So I uh, don't think it has a whole lot to ride on, um, but it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, the future vision of Microsoft 365 was this really cool kind of trippy future design UI. Microsoft does these videos extremely well. Uh, that, that vision doesn't always translate fully into the UI that we use on a daily basis, but some elements do. So it's a pretty cool story, and there's some pretty cool wallpapers out of that too. Uh, talking about the Microsoft retail store closures, Ohm Malik had a really good story about why they had to close. Uh, so you want to catch up on that. And there's a few people out there that, that poked some serious uh, fun at Microsoft stores and how they were Apple copies and so different from Apple and always abandoned and always emptied and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the typical stuff. Uh, Microsoft Cascadia Code, one of my new favorite fonts, has had an update. So you can go download that from GitHub and install it on your Windows 10 system. Amazon Prime released a video app for Windows 10. You can now download and get this name, Amazon Prime Video for Windows 10. Uh, But it gives you access to all your Amazon Prime Video, the ability to rent, buy, play stuff back. It's available for Xbox as well. And uh, you can have up to six profiles. So it's pretty cool. They've introduced profiles for Amazon Prime like Netflix has had for a while. Uh, Microsoft Launcher Preview on your phones is now deprecated. They have upgraded the, the standard launcher to 6.0, and it's really a nice update. So uh, if you were using the preview, that's deprecated until next time is basically the case. So that's out there. You might have gotten a prompt if you were using it, open it, and you would have been prompted to download the regular uh, production release of Microsoft Launcher. Uh, Microsoft also announced around the time of Inspire that they're working to help 25 million job seekers get back to work by giving them training. 
um, in tech skills and things like that. So a big, huge rollout for that part of things and going on in the world. Uh, Microsoft has decided that they will honor California's new privacy rights throughout the United States, not just in California, but they will apply those standards across the U.S., to people in all states, no matter where your data is. So that's a pretty cool thing. Microsoft really working hard on the privacy side of things. Um, a couple Surface Book 3 reviews for you. One from Rich Woods over at NeoWin. It, always a good review and unboxing. And then one unique one, Scott Hanselman, Surface Book 3 review for developers. It was funny that Scott had the Surface Book 3 for Microsoft Build back in May, and he has since published this review to kind of say, hey, developers, here's Surface Book 3. Here's why it can be a really important tool. Uh, what else? Oh, Microsoft and, um, talked, at, talked about um, dealing with potentially unwanted apps. apps. Um, and so they're called PUAs, Potentially Unwanted Amps, and they have written up, this was from early July, about how they are uh, working to defend against these a little bit better. These are things like advertising, torrents, crypto mining, bundling, marketing, evasion, poor reputation software. So they have built in things uh, to help you in Windows security to better monitor those and take care of those in case they become a problem. Uh, let's see, and then there's the story about Bing Search in the Outlook app. So when you search in Outlook and you, you highlight a term and you hit search, it was showing Bing if you had the Bing app installed on your phone. Well, Bing inside of Outlook app for search, why is that weird? But yet people, you got the headlines that says Microsoft caught sneaking Bing search onto phones. It, they had that already on there. It was a feature that was turned on in the Outlook app and was added to the service. And that's why it became visible. They didn't sneak anything on the phone. Oh, man, some of these headlines just drive me bananas sometimes. For those of you on WordPress, you want to make sure your content is indexed into the uh, search engines. Uh, one way to do that is the new tool plugin for Bing Webmaster Tools that will help you get your content from WordPress and indexed into Bing much faster. Uh, and then, oh, here's the, I did stick a link in here, ByteDance, is, which is the U.S., subsidiary for TikTok out of China and Microsoft talking about a deal. Since then, over the weekend, that deal has been apparently put on hold. So we don't know where that's going to go now. And then Outlook for Windows client is going to store the email signature in the cloud. Now they vary the, if you're on the insider channels, beta channel, you just recently had an update. They have decided not to roll out the sync signatures via the cloud, but there is a sync my, my settings uh, in the cloud. So you can now choose that, and that way when you're setting up other devices, it helps a lot with the, the management of that. I, I did confirm with somebody on Twitter from that team, they are not rolling out the cloud sync signatures yet. They got delayed a little bit, so we might see it in the next build. Uh, if you get those weekly, hopefully next week's, but this coming week's build will give us that. I'm really excited to try that out. I have purposely removed my signatures from all my devices because I want to be able to see how that works. Uh, on the Apple news front, some new Mac ransomware out there causing problems. And according to Ars Technica, it's even more sinister than it looks. Uh, Six Colors has the first look at the iOS 14 public beta, which is now out. I think we're on public beta build three now. Uh, I know that. I think that's how far along I've come on iPhone 7 uh, on my test device. Um, there's some reports that the new Apple app is coming to Windows 10. This is supposedly the replacement for iTunes that is uh, was has been left behind by Apple. 
uh, ARM-based Macs. We heard about that at the Big Apple WWDC, and this is some writing about it from Ed Bott on ZDNet that talks about it being a smart move for Apple, but irrelevant to the future of Windows PCs. And then Apple telling the truth about working from home. They got a really cool, funny video about how a team, it, it it's subtle, but they talk about using Apple tools and features and hardware and software to, co- to coordinate and be a team, even though they're working from home in all kinds of different circumstances. But it is a funny video to watch. It, it's a marketing video. It's a product video, but it's a funny video to watch. Okay, in the miscellaneous tech world, let's see. Traditional PC shipments have continued to grow. Again, the economic slowdown, according to IDC. No surprise here. People are working from home. People are realizing you can't work on your mobile device like your phone for long days at home. Uh, laptops are okay, but they are not the best for day in, day out, 24-7 working from home. People need desktops. People need larger monitors. People need docking stations. So it's no surprise, just like it's no surprise that online video viewing is up, online engagement is up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because yeah, you, it, everybody's stuck at home. So that's no surprise that PC shipments are up, but they are up. Um, and then a really good background story about how have I been pawned um, and or have I been owned or pwned or however you want to pronounce it, P-W-N-E-D, how it became the keeper of the Internet's biggest data breaches. Uh, and it's a really good background story on that whole setup and how Tony has uh, taken that to where it's gone. Uh, T-Mobile announced their new Scam Shield. I'm a T-Mobile subscriber, so I love this. This is a way to block scam and unwanted calls. It does much better at identifying calls as scams or spam, and will alert you to that. Um, so I'm glad to have that service. They really continue to do a good job there. And by the way, their 5G keeps getting closer and closer to where I live. I get to access it when I'm up in town on a regular basis, but it is coming closer and closer to my neighborhood, which I'm really excited about. Sirius XM, for all you podcasters, they bought Stitcher. They may have paid upwards of $325 million from, uh, for Stitcher to incorporate that into their platform for the podcast aspect of things on Sirius XM. It's something everybody's doing. Spotify's done it. Sirius XM is now doing it by buying Stitcher outright and just kind of lock, stock, and barrel getting a podcast directory. Uh, this podcast is listed on Stitcher, so I don't know how that works for SiriusXM in the future, whether that will be a curated list of podcasts or whether it will all be, be available. I will pay attention to that, and when it is, I'll add that as a way to access Faith, Tech, and Space via SiriusXM. That's kind of cool. Uh, Zoom, in the huh category, introduced an all-in-one home communications appliance for $600 that gives you all you need hardware-wise to do Zoom calls. Uh Again, it's in that huh category, right? Not sure I understand the purpose behind that for consumers. Uh, You can do Zoom on a laptop. You can do Zoom on a phone. You can do Zoom on a tablet. You can do Zoom on a desktop. I'm not sure why you need a specific appliance or piece of hardware for that purpose at home. Um, The Twitter mega hack. So if you were paying attention to Twitter about two weeks ago or so, you know that there was this massive hack that uh, that linked out this crypto coin scam and people were sending money left, right, and center. It was using big name accounts, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, um, Tim Cook, uh, all kinds of big accounts. Well, um, there's been a lot of speculation about who's behind it. Uh, a lot of accounts were compromised. 130 high-profile accounts were targeted. Uh, some accounts had their data downloaded, all the data that Twitter had, so that's direct messaging and everything like that. Um, however, in the past week, Three arrests have been made. I believe it's uh, one, two people here in the U.S., a teen here in Florida, 
uh, may have been somebody in the UK. Let me see. I've got the story from uh, TechCrunch here. Um, but they're calling the 17-year-old teen from Florida the mastermind behind the hack. Um, the teen not being identified because he is a minor. Um, and where is it say? Uh, uh, let's see. A 19-year-old in the United Kingdom and another gentleman who was out of Orlando, Florida, 22-year-old, were all involved in that. So um, they've all been charged and that, that's being dealt with. But it brings up a lot of awareness for people that you got to stay safe on, on Twitter. And apparently they did some kind of a, 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 a phishing scheme or, excuse me, scam that they, they compromised credentials via a spear, spear phishing campaign. So they were able to get it through uh, some kind of social engineering with individuals, not through a system. And then once they had the access into the system, they could reset passwords and things like that and gain access to those high-profile accounts. Uh, working from home, right? We're seeing more and more companies announce uh, delays in returning back to normal work uh, on campus or in buildings and offices and things like that. So Amazon has announced an extension. Twitter has announced an extension. I, I think Microsoft just recently did. So we're seeing all the big companies extending out into early next year and late next year, mid next year, for these uh, work-from-home folks staying in that configuration and not returning to the office. Um, so that's kind of the reality right now. Until this is until this normal is gone and we have vaccines and the ability to protect people, I think this is going to be the norm. All right, on the gaming front, lots of news on the gaming front, especially around Xbox. Uh, the July 2020 update has come out. Unfortunately, it removed all the Mixer functionality. As you know, Mixer's gone now. It shut down on July 22nd. Uh, most of those streamers have moved to Twitch. Some have gone to Facebook Gaming. Some have gone to YouTube. Um, but Mixer is gone, and they have removed the functionality from the console. I'm not sure what they're going to do to incorporate streaming from the console, but I suspect they're going to need to open up the, to the other platforms to give people choices. Uh, I mentioned Xbox Live Gold at the top of the show when I was talking about Game Pass. Um, the option to buy Xbox Live Gold in a 12-month pass has been removed it's been it's gone um and they've decided to remove it a spokesperson said we has decided to remove the 12 month xbox live gold SKU sku from the microsoft online store customers can still sign up for a one month or three month xbox live gold subscription online through the store so this is part of that speculation that we are going to see some kind of a change made around the launch of Xbox Series X that relates to Game Pass, Xbox Live Gold, because don't forget, Xbox Live Gold was the pass to get you into multiplayer gaming. Well, if Halo Infinite is going to go free multiplayer gaming, maybe that's the indicator that Game Pass subscription is just going to cover that and there won't be the need for Xbox Live Gold anymore. Don't know. And, or maybe they're just going to sell Xbox Live Gold in shorter segments uh, and to encourage people to move to Game Pass, potentially. I, you know, that could be a, a possible outcome. So we have that going on. That's the rumors going around Xbox Live Gold and multiplayer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Microsoft mentioned the Xbox Game Pass branding. It looks like they're stripping off the specifics about Ultimate or PC or console. It's just it's just Game Pass. Uh, specific, I think Xbox Game Pass. Uh, Microsoft has discontinued their Xbox One X and Xbox One S Digital Edition ahead of the launch that's coming up later this year for the Series X. No surprise there that they've stopped manufacturing that hardware. Many of the, the custom consoles are gone as well, so you can't access those. Um, 
GameStack. This is how Project xCloud is going to help developers stay connected. And we heard from Phil Spencer that xCloud is going to be a part of Game Pass. Now, at the time, he said Game Pass Ultimate, I thought. Um, so I don't know whether that means Ultimate will still be a level. So you'll have Game Pass and you have Game Pass Ultimate, which, which would include Project xCloud. So I'm not sure. There's a lot of confusion around branding right now when it comes to Game Pass, xCloud, Xbox uh, Live Gold, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got some resolution that's needed there, but I don't think we're going to get it all at once. So we have to watch that. Uh, I got a link here to the new video about the Xbox Velocity architecture and why the Series X is going to be such an innovation when it comes to speed and access, et cetera, like that. Uh, some blog posts from Xbox Wire about you being the future of gaming, talking about gamers themselves. That's from Phil Spencer. Uh, the Xbox Game Showcase had that hour-long preview of Xbox Microsoft Studio titles. Um, what was pretty cool there, I forget, they mentioned how many different games they mentioned, but every single one of those games are available day one on Xbox Game Pass. And that is the value of Game Pass. That's what I started the show off talking about, the value of Game Pass. So every game they showed off at that thing or mentioned is going to be on Game Pass day one. Uh, I did. They did do some new releases prior of uh, uh, media images and assets before the Xbox Game Show recap. So our Game Show Pat or Game Show Showcase, golly! And so I did grab the Halo Infinite images and put them together as wallpaper packages. So they're available on WindowsObserver.com. And then we also had the announcement this past month about the release of Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Uh, that will be on 18 August. It will have three editions, standard, premium, and premium deluxe or deluxe premium. Uh, you will, I think it's 20 air, handcrafted airports and airplanes in the first in, in standard, which will be on Game Pass. De, uh, premium will have five more airports and five more airplanes. And then premium deluxe will have five more airplanes and five more airports on top of that for a total of 30. So that doesn't mean that every airport's not in the game. It just means these receive special attention and focus to lay them out in a very particular way. Uh, I've recently learned that if on Game Pass, if you buy the standard version, you will be able to pay a, a, a delta fee, an upgrade fee to get to premium or premium deluxe and gain access to the other aircraft and airports. So that's coming 18 August. Also, they, this week, they announced that that's coming on Steam on 18 August as well. And VR support is coming later this year. So, And Track IR is in the closed beta. Track IR is a tool that follows your head movements and moves your view in, this, in the game along with you. Pretty cool stuff. I haven't messed with it myself. Uh, I've been having some uh, challenges around uh, the game, so I'm kind of waiting for the release. Um, but it is in closed beta under NDA. But look, look. They released it to influencers and uh, reviewers this past week. The embargo on that lifted on Thursday morning. So if you want to see gameplay and visuals from Flight Simulator 2020, just get on YouTube and search for Flight Simulator 2020. It is all over the place now. So you get to see some pretty cool stuff. All right, let's talk space, right? Uh, part of a reason for getting this uh, recording in right now is so that we can turn our attention, or me specifically since I'm recording it right now, you're not listening, you're listening later, uh, so I can tune in and watch the land, the splashdown of uh, Doug uh, and Bob in Spacecraft uh, Crew Dragon, SpaceX Crew Dragon, named Endeavor in the Gulf of Mexico. They're the first time we've ever recovered people in a splashdown in the Gulf of Mexico. They're going to be just off the coast of Pensacola. And it's the first time we've had a recovery of people at sea in 45 years since the last Skylab mission, uh, or I'm sorry, Apollo Soyuz mission, I think it was, splashdown 45 years ago. 
All right, so we know that that's happening. Um, we've got lots of different news going on in the space world. Uh, a company called Space Perspective is planning to fly people and payloads to the edge of space using these really massive balloons and big um, uh, uh, spacecraft, I guess you could call it, um, but not your typical small compact stuff, but more room, much, much roomier. And so we're, we're going to look at that and see how that, that's just really started to come out. But I do have a link to their description of the service and some video and stuff like that for you to look at. Uh, we just recently passed the nine-year anniversary of the end of the shuttle program. STS-135 shuttle's final launch was in early July of 2011, uh, and then their landing was a couple weeks later uh, in July of 2011. And of course, about a month after that, I retired from the Navy in 2011. So I, that means I know that I'm approaching in nine days my uh, nine-year anniversary of retiring from the Navy. So that was the end of the shuttle program. And almost nine years to the day, we launched Americans again from U.S. soil. And they do have that flag. There's a flag that launched on STS-1, the first shuttle mission, and then the last shuttle mission, 135. And now that flag has been retrieved by Doug Hurley and Bob Binkin and is coming home on, on Endeavor, on Crew Dragon Endeavor, uh, to, be, to make its next step towards the moon. I think it's going to fly to the moon on Artemis is the plan. Uh, ESA, the European Space Agency, has delayed their Ariane 6, their new rocket, until the second half of next year. Uh, the United Arab Emirates launched their Mars Hope Orbiter. This is a mission going to Mars that will orbit the planet, not land on the planet, and uh, for studying uh, and doing that. So congratulations on the UAE for making their first launch. Uh, Ad Astra, their rocket, Ad Astra rocket, their CEO is talking about different things like leadership, simulating rocket performance and developing for space. So some really good insight to, into a smaller space company that's going out there. Uh, and then we did hear, and it sounds like Tom Cruise and is going to use SpaceX, and he and his director are going to make a movie in space on, on Dragon and on the International Space Station. So kind of cool to see that, and we'll see where that comes and goes. Um, and then moving into NASA stuff, 70 years since the first launch from Cape Canaveral. We just recently passed that anniversary. Uh, the VAB just turned 55 years old. Man, if you ever get close to, to the ability to visit that building, it is a sight to behold to walk inside of that um, that massive, massive building. Um, the first Orion mission, crewed mission, the heat shield has been done. So that's a milestone that's complete. The Orion cockpit that's designed for crew is now ready for Artemis. And that's starting to be uh, looked at and incorporated into the entire ecosystem. Uh, NASA awarded Northrop Grumman the Artemis contract for Gateway Crew Cabin. That's where the crew would live in the lunar gateway that will orbit the moon, where um, uh, missions will dock and leave from there to the moon surface and leave from there and return to Earth and potentially onwards to Mars. Um, and then they're also looking at more SLS rocket boosters to launch Artemis missions as well. So lots going on around Artemis with NASA right now. Uh, JPL interns working from home, but they're still doing their thing. They're still getting an opportunity. I'm so it's kind of neat to see NASA and JPL focusing on making sure these folks have a positive experience for their internship, despite the challenges of COVID and things of that nature. And of course, this past week, if you didn't see it, you, you well, I'm sure you saw it. Uh, uh, Mass NASA's Perseverance rover Mars 2020 launched on top of an Atlas IV or an Atlas V. Uh, by ULA launch and is on with the Ingenuity Mars helicopter on their way to the red planet 
Uh, they will arrive in mid-February next year we'll, that we will have entry, descent, and landing of Mars 2020. I don't know if your name's on there, but my name is on there. My wife's name is on there, so we're headed to Mars again. This is the second time our names have headed to Mars. Uh, and so the only planet in the solar system, the only occupants are robots, right? If you wanted a robot-inhabited planet, Mars is it. All of our rovers and all the other rovers and, and uh, spacecraft that are on there are all robotic and remote. So that's what's happening. And by the way, if you want to send your name on a future Mars mission, NASA has started to sign up for that process. I think they're sending something like 12 million names on the plate that they put on Mars 2020 on Perseverance. Uh, but they are already taking signups for names for future Mars missions. So if you have never done that, there's a website link here. Go to it, sign up, and your name will be in the queue already to go on the next Mars mission. Uh, SpaceX-wise, you know SpaceX got a, a spot in South Texas called Boca Chica. They're building Starship and testing Starship configurations and tanks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, they're get, there's a little bit of grief going on. The Federal Aviation Administration is going to review that facility because it's causing such an impact on the locals um, because of the, the road closures and rocket firings and explosions and when things fail. I mean, it's part of testing, don't get me wrong, but... The it's encringing upon the local residents, and it wasn't supposed to be all that, according to the documents and everything that happened before the Boca Chica site was built. So there's a little thing going on there. Uh, <clears throat> of course, I, I'm, as I've already mentioned, NASA and SpaceX is providing full coverage. They've been going 24-7 since last night's undocking from space station until today's splashdown. So they're still on the air. That's where I'm tuning in when I'm done here. Um, and a senior engineer has left SpaceX to work for Relativity Space. Again, another small space company, but a senior engineer that worked with SpaceX has now moved over to them to help them on their work to reach space. Uh, Boeing Starliner parachutes uh, been tested again, so they're in good shape. Now the key will be Starliner and getting Starliner ready for its uh, to redo its OFT, its orbital function test, uh, flight test, and to do that again before they make their first manned uh, mission to the space station. Uh, Virgin Galactic, they're working to organize now private passenger trips to the space station for NASA. So that will be something that will be interesting to see because Virgin Galactic right now is not launching orbital class rockets. They are launching uh, a, a spacecraft from the bottom of a, of a carrier aircraft that takes it up to about 30,000, 35,000 feet, and then they release it, a rocket fire engine fires, and it does like a parabolic arc, and they experience some weightlessness at the top of that arc and do enter, quote-unquote, space, and then they, they come back down to Earth to be recovered under parachute. But it is not an orbital space launch, which is getting up to 17,500 miles an hour, which is the speed the space station moves at. So I'm not sure how this is all going to work out, but they say that they're working to arrange those trips for, through Virgin Galactic. Uh, Rocket Lab, who had a failure on launch, the second stage or something went bad on a launch they had a few weeks ago. Um, since then, and because it, I haven't had a show for a while, they have now found the root cause. They're moving forward. They're working on the fix, and they hope to return to flight soon. Okay, there's all the space stuff, right? Lots going on in space right now. If you don't blink, you will miss what's going on in space. So in closing, let's talk a little bit about, I mentioned to you all before that I've had some health problems with my back. I am currently doing some uh, cervical, uh, uh, what do they call that? Cervical traction using a, a home device that I pump up with air and it kind of extends my neck and ex extends the spaces between my vertebrae to help with my cervical spine to help make room for these herniated discs. It's working pretty well so far, so I continue to do that. 
some other cool stuff that popped up, Walmart talking about drive-ins in their parking lots across the country. Uh, locally, we have a place about, I don't know, 40 minutes from here that is doing um, uh, uh, drive-in type shows out in their parking lot, but they really haven't had a good one to pick from. They're redoing a lot of old shows from the seven, from the 80s and early 90s, but not quite the right show has popped yet for us to test it, but I'm hoping soon. And then one of the, one of the casualties of this whole COVID thing beyond the, the human casualties, which we pray for and we, for the families and those who have been lost to this horrible, horrible thing, this pandemic, um, is the, uh, the Living Computers Museum in Seattle. Um, if you were built a couple years ago in Seattle, they had a huge display on the show floor, um, uh, the expo show floor of their of old computers. I even tracked me down an old Commodore 64 while I was there. So the, the museum and the labs and the museum have all shut down right now. For now is the way they, they put the, the, the closure. Closed for now. They just can't support themselves in this time and age of COVID. Um, so it's unfortunate to see something like that because it's such history there. Okay, so I want to close with the, like I did last time, be kind to each other, wear a mask when you're around other people, social distance, do all the things you're supposed to do to help protect yourself, to protect others especially, and so that we can crush this and move on from this. I know we're kind of all waiting on the vaccine, um, but do your part. Do your part now to help protect others. Wear a mask. Wear a mask to protect yourself. Wear your mask to protect others. Uh, and let's take care of each other out there, okay? So blessings to everybody. Again, the goal will be a weekly show for the next few weeks because we have the time. So we'll see how that comes about. But until the next episode, take care. Be safe. See you then. Thank you.